You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Happy New Year. Today, we are going to reflect back on 2018 and share our goals for 2019. But before we do that, let's catch up on life lately. Abby, what's new with you? I have a financial update from our family which is that we paid off our last credit card bill at the end of November, and now we are officially debt-free. Hooray! That's amazing news. Feels really good. Thank you very much. What's new with you, Sarah? I have a milestone of one of my children, which is that HP lost his first tooth. Congratulations, HP! (laughs) I've been reflecting on my parenting journey with this milestone since (laughs) he got his first teeth right around Christmas, his very first Christmas, and then he lost his first tooth right around Christmas. It's obviously one of those milestones where it's not as though he worked really hard to achieve (laughs) said goal, although he has been wiggling it for two months, so. (laughs) So maybe he did put in some good work there. (laughs) Yes. He did want to keep his tooth, which I think is common for a lot of kids to not want the tooth to disappear when you give it to the tooth fairy. Right. And he requested four quarters or more from the tooth fairy. <laughs> Good. He received four quarters, which parenting fail. Turns out Neil and I didn't have any cash in the house. So we had to borrow four quarters from his money jar to put under his pillow, uh-huh. which will then, of course, be replaced. Haven't yet done that, but will soon. I promise not just stealing money from my child. (laughs) We will need to be better prepared because I think now once it starts, they're just losing teeth for the next few years. They're just going to keep falling out. Sure are. (laughs) Let's hear what we've been reading. What's your latest book? I just finished listening to the fifth season by N.K. Jemisin. This is a fantasy book set in a dystopian world on a continent called The Stillness. It's told from the perspective of three different women, one who's young, like a young adult, and two adult women, and then the storylines eventually converge. Okay. So I loved the characters. I loved how different the world was. This is a book club read, and we haven't discussed it yet, but we were talking about Mistborn, which is another fantasy book that we read this year. And a friend in my book club made the point that if you're writing fantasy, you don't have to write the same power structures and oppressive systems into your world. Mm -hmm. And Jemison does not do that in this book. Okay. So there are power structures and there are imbalances and there's oppression, but it looks really different than male-female or Mm race-based things Mm -hmm. that we are used to in our world. And so that was very thought-provoking. Yeah, interesting. And then... I said this already that the storylines converge at the end, but I I really love how she did it. And I could see it coming a little bit before it happened. So it wasn't a huge shock or anything, but it was nice how things came together. The thing that was hard for me about reading this book was that it was very violent. And there especially is a lot of violence against children that I would say is Mm. fairly explicit, which made it a hard read for this time in my life specifically. I think I'm feeling kind of tender, kind of hormonal and pregnant. And I read it because it's coming up for book club in January, but it's part of a trilogy. And so I'm going to save the next two books, even though I want to know what happens in the world and with the characters until I'm not feeling quite as emotionally raw. Seems like a good choice. I would recommend it. It's a solid fantasy read, but just keeping in mind that it might be a little intense with the violence. Noted. 
What have you been reading, Sarah? I just read Unsheltered by Barbara Kingsolver. Ooh, this one is on my list. As listeners may know, she is one of my favorite authors, so I've been looking forward to the release for months leading up to it. The story is set in a New Jersey town. It goes back and forth between two families that live in the same house in different time periods. Mm. So one is in the late 1800s, and one is in the present day. Okay. The theme that connected the two families is this idea of people living in a time where there is scientific progress that most people aren't accepting. Mm. For the one family, that is Darwinism in the time of Darwin. And for the other family, it's global warming. Mm. There are characters who have accepted the new consensus, but they're living in a world that has not and what that looks and feels like. Mm. I found myself being surprisingly defensive while I read it, which is not something that I expected because my politics and values very closely align with those of Barbara Kingsolver. Right. But it pushed me to think about the ways in which I haven't accepted that our entire world is changing and shifting. Mm. I, of course, accept the facts of global warming, but in what ways am I still holding on to this idea of what my life will look like when I'm 60 Mm. that is based in the old world order when something different is happening? Interesting. Yeah. If you've read Barbara Kingsolver before, it's very clear what position she takes. Oh, yeah. She does not shy away from these scientific things at all. Yes. And it can come across as preachy and Mm heavy-handed. I don't mind it. I find her writing incredibly beautiful, and I agree with the points that she's making and think she does it in this lovely way, but it isn't subtle. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I would recommend it, especially if you love her other work. This one won't go down as one of my favorite books of hers, but it was a wonderful reading experience, great characters, and... I love a novel that pushes me to think and makes me uncomfortable. I think that's the sign of a really excellent piece of work to to challenge people to rethink their views, especially when I wasn't expecting that going in. Nice. Our main segment today is all about New Year's intentions. Let's start by reflecting back on the past year. Why don't you give an overview of the major events that shaped the year for you and your family? When I was reflecting back, I realized how much has changed and what a big year this has been for us. Mm -hmm. So the big events that marked the year for me were saying goodbye to Tonks in May, frustration and conflict with our landlord, which I haven't talked a whole lot about on the pod, but suffice to say that this was the first year in a long time that I considered buying property Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of my hardcore renting stance that I've been in for quite some time. Yes. Then getting pregnant and being really sick for months and paying our last credit card bill. Hey. What were the big events for you guys this year, Sarah? When I was thinking about it, at first I had trouble coming up with a list of events. The first part of the year really felt like we were chugging along as normal and then we had a great summer together. The shift came in August when Neil's supervisor left for another job. And Neil then stepped into the position on an interim basis while they're searching for a full-time replacement. At the time, I 
didn't consider it to be a major change, but as the weeks and months have gone by, it really has put more stress on our family, both that he's taken on a role with more responsibilities and demands on his time, and that he's still doing his old job at the same time. Right. Felt like we had a great rhythm before the switch, and as I've talked about before, the school year start went much more smoothly this year than last year with both the kids going back to familiar schools and being familiar with the routine. And I'm thankful for that, that that part still felt easier amidst these other changes. And since we're still in the middle of it, I feel like it's hard to have some perspective about exactly what that means and the ways that it's impacted us. But that change in his job situation has been the defining event of the year for our family. Remind me again what word you chose for last year and how you felt you did incorporating that. So I chose the word grow. And surprise, listeners, part of that was that I wanted to grow a person. That's the part of the word I have not talked about on the podcast so far, though the more astute among you may have guessed that that was a goal for our year. I'm really thankful that I was able to get pregnant and that everything has been going well so far, with the exception of being sick. But I feel like I'm past that. And so that has been something that has been great and in line with my intention for the year. Mm Mm-hmm. The other aspects of my life that I was thinking about when I chose the word grow is that I wanted to grow my work and feel as though I was really stepping into that. Mm-hmm. And I have. And, you know, aligned with that is growing our savings and getting a handle on our finances, which we definitely have done that too. We have made changes in terms of how we allocate money and how we talk about money. And just our energy around money feels really different. Mm. So that is definitely a spot where we did a lot of growth and it was not always lovely or pleasant. Growth often isn't. (laughs) Yes, but it feels really worth it now having a little bit more perspective. And I am really thankful to Andrew for the hard work that he has put in that we've both done together. Yeah. The other places I was thinking about grow where I would say... I maybe didn't hit the mark quite as much was growing as a parent and in self-care. As listeners know, self-care has always been a mixed bag for me. It's always Mm -hmm. a growth place. It's always a place that I can do better. But the parenting, I think I was surprised by how challenging it was this year. I think it was the combination of being early pregnant and being really sick and also having a two and a half year old, which I think is sort of a turbulent emotional development time already Mm -hmm. that I felt like I needed more resources and I felt like that's where the growth was really painful. And like, sure, we were making progress and we were growing as a family, certainly. But that's another place where I really felt the less pleasant parts of growing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about your word for the year, Sarah? I chose the word breathe. And when I picked that, I was thinking about appreciating where I was and being really present. Mm. I think it came true in ways that I wasn't expecting. When I went back and listened to our old episode, I threw out the idea of meditation, not as a joke, but like, oh yeah, that's one of those things, you know, I always want to be meditating, but never find time for, probably won't again. Ha ha ha. (laughs) And you breathe during meditation. (laughs) So it's totally perfect. (laughs) Exactly. But Starting at the end of April, I downloaded the Calm app and started meditating on a daily basis really through the summer. 
I think that is one of the main reasons we had such a lovely summer. Mm, nice. I didn't have very much childcare over those months, and it was so enjoyable to be together most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I would have continued through the fall because it was one of the things when life got hectic again. I can pinpoint the moment, which was the start of the school year, which also coincided with Neil's job change, that I stopped meditating and probably when life feels harder is when I should be making more of an effort to incorporate it. Totally, but it's so much harder to do it. It is. I do hope to come back to it, and I'm glad that I had the experience this year of prioritizing it and seeing what that brought into my life and how much it affected my parenting. Mm. I can relate to a lot of what you were saying, even though I don't have a two and a half year old. So I think one of the tricky things about parenting is your kids are constantly changing. So when you <laughs> yep. think you have figured it out, you need to be adjusting. And I was hoping this year with my parenting to be very present and in the moment and not trying to rush to the next thing. Sometimes that worked and sometimes there was room for more growth. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I think I did a better job incorporating it the first part of the year and through the summer, and it's still a great word for this last half in the sense that it would have been a good idea for me to be thinking about it more. <laughs> <laughs> We've both hinted at some of these things, but what will you be happy to leave behind in 2018? I will be thrilled to not ever be first trimester pregnant again. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and the annoyance that I felt with my kid since I felt so sick. I mean, I know other annoyance will come, but the sickness-related annoyance was especially challenging because there's not really that much you can do about it. Mm -hmm. And I am really looking forward to leaving behind debt and money-related anxiety, hopefully for good. Yes. What about you? I am really looking forward to being done dropping kids off at different schools. Yes. Neil and I have made the decision for E to go to the pre-K program at the same school that HP goes to. They will have the same hours, the same drop-off, the same pickup. Before that, I had been three days a week dropping HP off, biking to E's preschool, biking back home, and then doing the reverse, which all told took approximately two hours. And that includes the stopping, locking bikes, walking kids in, etc. That wasn't all or mostly transit time, but it was still time I was dedicating to getting my children where they needed to go. Mm -hmm. And it is hard for me to explain the giddy joy I feel at the idea <laughs> of being able to drop my kids off at the neighborhood school and come back home. Especially for winter. Yes. Staring down winter was a major factor inspiring this change mid-year because it's something we really struggled with. Was it a good idea to move her partway through the year versus just waiting to August when we were planning for this change to happen? Mm -hmm. But with everything that's been going on, this simplification will be life-changing for us, for me in particular. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how it goes. So that's what we want to leave behind. But what about what we hope to carry forward? I would love to keep in mind this lesson that growth can be wonderful and pleasant and bountiful, but that also it can be really hard mm -hmm. and that it's not necessarily bad just because it's hard. Mm. So I would like to sort of keep that in mind going forward as we have 
much more growth coming in the new year. Indeed. What about you? What will you carry forward into 2019? I'd like to work on continuing to incorporate mindfulness in parenting and my life. The great thing about mindfulness is every moment is a new moment to practice. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I really need those reminders on a regular basis. And I'm definitely happiest when I'm thinking about that and working on it, even if I'm not always successful. Let's move into 2019. When you look ahead at the year, what are the big things happening that you already know about? We're adding another person (laughs) to our family come spring at some point. So that'll be a big one. Mm -hmm. And then based on some things possibly happening with Andrew's job slash the aforementioned landlord issues, there might also be a move in our future shortly thereafter this new person makes their appearance. A lot of what's hard about that is the unknown. We don't know if our landlord is going to kick us out. We don't know if we will be moving across the country for Andrew to have a new job. Mm -hmm. That will become more clear in the next few months, almost certainly. But right now, there's a lot that's up in the air. (laughs) And that uncertainty is so hard because once you know what's happening, you can plan for it and prepare. Right. But right now, all you can do is wait. Wait and see. Yes. (laughs) Another growth place for me. (laughs) What's coming up for y'all for 2019? The biggest shift is the one I just shared with both kids being in the same school. Yep. I'm excited about what that means for me personally and for our family unit as a whole. It really feels like the end of a chapter in my parenting life. Mm. I've been staying home with our kids for the last six and a half years. And while I'm not exactly sure what lies ahead, it does feel like the end of something. Definitely. The other thing I am hoping for, but feels more in the category of the wait and see and sitting with the uncertainty, (laughs) is Neil's work and hoping that there's some resolution there that will alleviate the stress that we've been feeling these last few months. Because if there's not, at the end of 2019, <laughs> I, I don't even really know what to do with that. I will be reporting good news at this episode next year. I really hope that for you, friend. Yep. With what we've just shared in mind, what word did you choose for this year? I chose graciousness, which is from a blog post from the Visible Child blog called Modeling Graciousness. And I'm also in a Visible Child Facebook group, and this is a parenting philosophy based on some of the Rye methods, but also a lot of really considering things from the child's perspective. Okay. One of the main principles that we talk about a lot in that group is modeling graciousness Mm. for your children. But then I started to think about, you know, I want to model graciousness for Plum. I want to model graciousness for her in this big transition. I want to model it for this new baby. I want to be a gracious, graceful parent. Mm -hmm. I was looking up definitions of graciousness because it's kind of a clunky word. And another one that I found said generosity of spirit, which isn't any shorter or less clunky, but also (laughs) felt really resonant with me. Mm -hmm. But it's not just parenting. I think that graciousness can go into interactions with work colleagues, interactions with my spouse, how I treat myself, and if I'm gracious with myself with all of these things that are coming. Mm -hmm. 
that's what I'm going to hopefully focus on for the next year. I love that word. And I started to read the article that you linked to Mm -hmm. and actually didn't finish reading it, (laughs) partly because I so knew that I needed to, but that I wasn't in a place where I felt like I could hear somebody telling me I needed to be gracious because I already knew that. Right. (laughs) And it can feel really hard to be gracious when things feel stressful. But I know that that's a state of mind that I could work harder to bring into my life as well. Yeah, I think it's the hardest when Mm -hmm. things aren't easy. It's really easy to have generosity of spirit when times aren't tough or when big changes aren't happening. (laughs) So yes, the trick is doing it the rest of the time. (laughs) Yes. And so anticipating a lot of big changes, I feel like it's one that I really am going to need to hold on to. What word have you chosen to guide you next year, Sarah? I chose the word next. As I've shared, it feels like the next chapter in my parenting life and life in general. And I'm not really sure what that holds. One thing Glennon Doyle talks a lot about is the next right thing and looking Mm. to find the next right thing and that you don't have to know the end outcome to take a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And that feels a lot like what I'm doing with this shift in the schooling choices we've made for E and her being in school more full-time. I don't know exactly where that will lead me or our family, but it does feel like the next right thing now. And as I think about next, I also want to be thinking about cultivating an openness and a sense of adventure as I figure it out and not needing to jump at the very first thing because it's something, Mm. but allowing it to unfold as it will. Yeah, that's all about mindfulness too, right? Mm -hmm. Not rushing into the thing, but taking the next right step. Yeah. Being very aware of what you're doing as you do it. And feeling like the next thing I need is having some space to figure that out. Yeah. I imagined that while I was staying home, it would be this great opportunity to discern all of my true passions and direction in life (laughs) so that when my kids were in school, I would suddenly know what that was and could then implement it. Since there's so much time for discernment (laughs) while you're parenting all the time. Exactly. And I think it can be easy to fill up time in order to feel validated in how I'm using it Mm -hmm. when maybe what I need is those moments of discernment and the space and time to figure that out. And if all that time suddenly becomes filled, that opportunity goes away with it. Right. I look forward to hearing our episode next year where we discover what all of these next things (laughs) will be in my life. (laughs) Yep. What do you anticipate will be the biggest challenges in bringing that intention to life? I've touched on nearly all of these, but huge transitions coming or maybe not coming. Plum will be three in February, which brings with it more emotional developmental growth and challenges. And then I think that it will be really exhausting to have a newborn and a Mm three-year-old, which will make it harder to model graciousness. I think that is certain. (laughs) (laughs) What challenges are you anticipating? I think the biggest challenge will be not letting all of the small demands of daily life and just this desire to have something to do, even if it's not the right thing, and not letting that get in the way of bigger goals or better ways to be utilizing my time. Yeah, 
as I'm sure is clear at this point in the episode, (laughs) I'm feeling unmoored in a lot of ways and not exactly sure of what this next year will hold. But I am also excited about the possibilities and seeing what unfolds. Me too. We thought it would be fun to end the show by doing a little lightning round of our favorites from 2018. If you'd like to hear our favorite books, just go back one episode where we share lots of our favorite reads from the year. But let's start with favorite movie. Black Panther was my favorite movie that I saw this year. It was also one of the only ones that I saw in the theater, Mm. but is one that Andrew and I really enjoyed together. Neil and I enjoyed that one together as well. I really liked All the Boys I've Loved Before. Have you watched this one? I haven't yet. Okay. I watched it and then I read the three books of the series. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, if you haven't yet watched the movie, I recommend reading the book first because the book was less enjoyable after seeing the movie, but it was just so light and lovely and what I'm looking for and just what I needed. Favorite TV show? I think I talked about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. The second season just came out, so I am re-enjoying it again. That Mm. show is just fantastic. I need to watch it still. I just love funny women. I think you will also love it. And then another one that I'm not sure that I mentioned is The Good Place. And this is one that is on NBC that my sister turned us on to. Mm. We watched, I think the first two seasons are on Netflix, and now they're in the third season. And so we're current on that one. It's one of the only shows we're current on. but. Also fantastic, really funny, thought-provoking, so good. Mine is The Great British Baking Show. Oh, so good. I texted you to ask if I should start watching Suits, and I was worried about (laughs) it being a little bit intense, a la Scandal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not quite that intense. You did tell me it wasn't that much, but then I thought, you know what? Everyone raves about The Great British Baking Show, and that (laughs) is not going to be terrifying. It's just going to be lovely, and it is. I really like having a show that I can just tune into when I'm in the mood and then walk away from that I don't feel compelled to keep watching. Right. And that's just been a really nice addition to my life and has inspired me to make a Yule Log this year for Christmas. We'll see if that comes true or not. Oh, I can't (laughs) wait to see pictures of that, however it turns out. (laughs) What about a favorite purchase? My favorite purchase is a recent one. I bought maternity underwear from Kindred Bravely. I did not go a maternity underwear route when I was pregnant with Plum, but with this pregnancy, I was like, I'm going to treat myself. These are excellent full coverage. They have a crisscross front that goes down under the belly, so it's really comfortable. Nothing's cutting in with elastic Mm, or anything. Okay. I am very much enjoying my new maternity underwear. Nice. My favorite purchase was back at the beginning of the year, and it is the tub shroom, (laughs) (laughs) which is a hair-catching device for your bathtub. When we did our remodel in the bathroom, I thought, I want to find a hair-catching device that is not so annoying to clean and also effective. Because ones we've had in the past have been the little metal mesh kind. Oh, yes. And I find them very hard to clean. So this one's made of silicone. It just works really, really well. It's really easy to get the hair off. Best $10 I've spent this entire year. (laughs) Love it. Got to check it out. Favorite secondhand win? I found my dream double stroller. Mm. Actually bought one version of it, an older version from somebody on Facebook Marketplace and got a really good deal. And then I found an even newer one for not that much more money. So I sold the first one I bought. 
mm-hmm. and then bought the second one at a children's consignment store. I cannot wait to stroll my children in style. <laughs> what double stroller is it? What is the dream? It's called the Bumble Ride Indie Twin. Haven't heard of it, but okay. <laughs> the one person that I know of that loves strollers is proud of me for this purchase. Well, congratulations. Thank you. My favorite secondhand win is my slippers. Nice. Wearing them right now. Do not know how I made it through all of the winters in the past without slippers. <laughs> Where did you find them? I got them on eBay. They're LL Bean slippers. Nice. And then on eBay, they were a little bit under half price. That's awesome. I've heard amazing things about those slippers. I love them. My feet feel so warm and cozy. Sometimes if they're on the other side of the house and I have to walk across the house in just my socks, I think, how did I live like this before? I don't know. (laughs) What about favorite children's milestone? I had to think about this for a little bit, but then I was looking back at videos of Plum when she started preschool in January last year. Mm Mm-hmm. And she is so much more conversational now than she was Mm. then. Her language has really exploded. And I think in a way that I didn't notice just because I'm around her all the time. Right. And it is just really lovely to be able to have full conversations with my child. I was going to say rational conversations, but that's not really happening yet. Mm -hmm. That may be another milestone for the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's hope it's coming at some point. (laughs) I just really love talking to my kid. Yeah. Mine is HP learning how to swim. Seeing him go from being nervous to go under the water to confidently swimming across the deep end and jumping off a diving board was really heartwarming. Just how proud he was and how much fun he was having. And it just felt like one of those moments where this is what it's supposed to be like when you learn new skills of working hard and then getting the enjoyment of getting to utilize the skill. And it meant that I was way less nervous when we were at the pool because at least one of my kids could save himself in deep water. (laughs) Win-win. Yes. That ends our conversation. Looking back on last year and then ahead to 2019, we would love to hear about any intentions you're setting for the new year and also any favorites you have from the last year. Let's end, as we always do, by talking about something we've been eating lately. Mine is a drink. We have been enjoying lots of hot chocolate at our house. Yeah. And this has been a bit of an evolution in our family. I used to just buy cocoa powder and then heat up milk on the stove, add cocoa powder and a little bit of honey, and that's how we would have hot chocolate. This year, I upped our game by investing in a cocoa mix at our co-op when it was on sale. Mm. And I will say it's much richer than the version I had been making. Does it come in the bulk section? Not in the bulk. It's a little canister. Okay, great. But it has also led to lots of conversations between me and Neil because we have a bit of a disagreement that listeners love for you to chime in on. (laughs) Neil thinks that hot chocolate should be made with water. I am of the belief hot chocolate should be made with milk. I will weigh in right now. Neil is wrong. (laughs) So what he says is, If I make it with milk, he's like, oh, are you making hot chocolate milk? No, I'm making hot chocolate. Oh, yeah, it looks like you're making hot chocolate milk. (laughs) (laughs) So that conversation plays on repeat anytime hot chocolate is being made in our house. I will say he's converted me a tiny bit where sometimes I'll just boil water and then do the mix in the mugs and do half hot water and then milk 
because mm. then it comes out to being almost the perfect temperature. And kind of like a latte. And the kids like it with more milk to cool it down. So just a little bit of hot water to dissolve the powder appropriately. And then they have, I guess Neil would call it warm, hot chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's felt really cozy and pleasant to curl up together drinking hot chocolate. Yum. What have you been eating lately? I made baked brie for the first time ever mm. for a party the other night. Tell me more. So I bought puff pastry after you were talking about chicken pot pie because I wanted to put puff pastry on top of my chicken pot pie. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I made a chicken pot pie with puff pastry on top, but I still had an extra puff left over. And I needed something for a party. And I thought baked brie wrapped in puff pastry is what I need. And it is so easy because you just thaw the puff pastry from the freezer. I'm clearly not British baking, showing it and <laughs> making my own puff pastry, right? You just get the brie, and I got a wedge of brie because I wanted more than the little circle. So I got a triangle wedge, and then I wrapped it up mm-hmm. in the puff and brushed egg on the outside and then baked it for like 30, 35 minutes, mm-hmm. and then served it with some really yummy local cranberry preserves because I wanted mm. like a little tang. Yes, I love it with jam. I was hoping you were going to say that you served it with some sort of fruit thing. Yes. <laughs> I got you. So it was delicious. And there was a little bit left over from the party. And so I had it for breakfast the other day. <laughs> and it was awesome. Love it. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. Thank you to everyone for listening along with us in 2018. One way you can show your support if you're enjoying the show is by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. They warm our heart and it makes it easier for other people to find our show. You can find us online at friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I'm going to say that last sentence one more time just because I think I switched sentences halfway through to make sure I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that it was a really long run on sentence and the last third of it didn't make sense with the first half of it. Okay. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That won't be the first or last time that happens to either one of us. Staring down winter was one of the impetuses. Impetuses? Is that how you say it? No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to say. Zita! 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 Sorry. No, you're good. She's out. Okay. I mean, can you hear her? She's like out there yowling. I don't know why. <laughs> I stopped understanding what I was talking about <laughs> part way through. Let me say it shorter. <laughs> I. Okay.